Hey guys, welcome back to Out of Bend. My name is Jennifer. My name is Faith. And today we are joined by Stephen and Sebastian. And we're going to talk about something which I think is pretty cool. Um, preparation for incident and crisis response. Um, so guys, welcome. Do you want to introduce yourselves a little bit? Sure, I'll go for Sebastian. I prefer <laughs> it that way. And I don't have to get nervous listening to the, to the guy ahead of me. Um, so my name is Stephen Delahunty. I work for IBM X-Force. I'm a cyber crisis management advisor to C-suite and board members. What I do, um, what that means is that I, uh, I design and deliver immersive training exercises. So we spend about two and a half to three hours making the world a better place by terrorizing the men that run it, men and women that run it. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, we get a big kick out of doing that. We've been doing that now for a couple of years for um, formerly the command center and now the cyber range at X-Force. Sounds great. That's lovely. So I would say the same as Steven. Uh, and I could add that the beauty of those uh, drills, those trainings, those immersions, you name it, um, is to be focused on what the CISO and state wants to do in the next month. Uh, because we face a lot of uh, CISOs and CIOs, which are uh, really good at uh, technical activities. And some sometimes they are, you know, sometimes a little difficult for uh, cyber people to translate their world into business words. And this is this is also what we are here to do. We say we make people, we make top managers sweat and we uh, speak on behalf of the of the CISO and the CIO. So that's, that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It sounds pretty awesome to start with, <laughs> make people sweat. <laughs> oh yeah, love it. So maybe let's start with the basics. Like, um, what do you mean when you talk about a crisis simulation and what do you mean about rehearsing things with people? Uh, Sebastian, I'll jump in and you obviously interrupt at any, at any point, right? Sebastian and I work kind of hand in hand, um, hand in glove. I support him, he supports me depending on the leads. So sometimes I'll, um, uh, you try to add to 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 Sebastian's points, but um, I'll never be um, uh, speaking in in uh, contrary. Uh, but um, so the entire focus is from the moment that they've lost control, right? It's from the moment that um, there's been a breach, right? Uh, their defenses have been breached, and that kind of sharpens everyone's focus, right? And all our simulations that are at that point, okay, because these days, sadly, it's inevitable. Um, it's a matter of time. And, you know, the attacker only has to be successful at one time, right? So, you know, our CISOs and below have, you know, uh, secured the defenses, uh, 365, 24, almost seven, and boom, they, they, they've been breached. And it's now a case of what do we do? Containment, remediation, uh, crisis response. And of course, the crisis is defined by each business, right? They have their own criteria, right? But what we particularly deal with is enterprise level attacks, something that's brought the whole organization to a complete standstill. And they're no longer making money. Uh, production has stopped. Um, these kind of scenarios, right? And uh, when you're talking like Sebastian and I do to the rest of the C, the C levels, it's about that business response. You know, we try to get, like, like Sebastian was saying, we advocate on behalf of the CISO and we explain that a cyber crisis is not an IT issue, right? 
uh, an enterprise level attack requires an enterprise level response, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's that's what we do. So we take it from the moment of crisis, and over an accelerated period of uh, timeline. Usually these simulations are three hours long, and that could be the first one, two, three, four uh, days of a cyber attack. And uh, yeah, I mean this is pretty intense. So we squeeze as much as we can into these scenarios to 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 show them what a disaster looks like and how one uh, badly managed can ruin uh, a business and its reputation. Yeah, and by, and by putting them into situations we which are dealt with on the IT side by the operations people, uh, we also make them picture that on the business side there is a lot on their plate um, to face uh, press, to face the media, to face the consequences of uh, plant disruption to face the consequences and the impact, for example, of uh, customers not being able to shop online, or all of those uh, moments and situations where uh, this is not just about IT. Mm -hmm. as, as, as Steven said, we always say, you know, uh, cybersecurity is a business imperative, and we all know the figures, we all know how much uh, it costs uh, companies to be, to, to be attacked this way. We all know that in 97% of the moments we, sp we sent boots on the ground to help people to help uh, with our responders it is to face uh, attackers which are here for the money so when you when you know all of that it is necessary to prepare and to prepare not only the the, the general workforce and the it slash information security people but definitely it needs to come from the top because this is not on it or security to face the authorities to face the insurance responsible to guide the boat through the crisis it's definitely a matter of top management, and this is this is why Stephen and I we, we do that we do that for a living with great success, I have to say. So yeah, it's all about that as well. Mm -hmm. So what you do, you do it before the incident actually happens, right? So you're not really necessarily involved when the incident actually happens. Um, no, well, the, 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 the beauty of all of it, and I'm going to start, so then it's not going to always me after soon. Please, yeah. <laughs> Love you, mate. Uh, the, the beauty and the sadness of all of this is that where, where does it where does it start and, and, and where's the end? You know, because, uh, you know, it's like it's like peace and war. It's like in, in between, you know, it's, it's like the same, you know, in between crisis. It's also after crisis and before the, second, the next crisis. So it's like it's like when you train for a sports session, when you train for a marathon, for example, it's not like you train for once and then you've run a marathon and then you stop. No, you can, the business needs to continue. Those companies, they're here for years and years and years and they are large companies. So uh, so Stephen and I, we don't we don't come when the crisis is there. IBM has some people, other companies can send people boots on the ground to do that. That's much more technical people able to do so. Uh, with huge expertise. That's not our. That's not our expertise. We we are on something else. We are that medical exam you pass uh, every six months or every year to 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 be sure you're in shape. We are those coaches, those grenade launcher coaches uh, that are here to make you uh, train before or after, but basically in 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 a world of peace mm -hmm. to make sure that when 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 the fire is here, then. I mean, either you like barbecue or you want to get out of here as fast as possible. So, so you really need to be in good shape uh, when those bad moments are happening. Okay. Yeah, it's part of like, uh, you know, cyber readiness, right, is, an ex is a term, right, we hear, mm -hmm. like, we hear a lot about right now. So what we do is part of that uh, initiative in businesses, right? So that the, the road mapping, uh, programming someone's uh, cyber preparedness, um, 
uh, say, stance, their posture. And um, we like to say that this is the test, you know, um, after they've gone through their enablements. And we can come in at any level of a business maturity and give them a very quick snapshot of where they're at, right? So um, by putting them through a crisis scenario, they can see all the gaps right, that they have very quickly. And they can see the gaps in, you know, uh, their technical preparedness. They can see it in their business preparedness. They can see it in the behaviors, right, in mm-hmm. in in the um in the sea levels themselves, right. So um, by doing that as an, and also it's, it's kind of um we Sebastian and I love working with CISOs and CIOs because you know they've got a really really tough job. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we talk often about being able to achieve in two and a half, three hours, what these guys have been trying to achieve in two and a half, three years and trying to get their message across for investment and, mm-hmm. um, in the cyber defense. So we like to, as part of cyber readiness, cyber preparedness, show company at any level of maturity where they're at quickly, um, identify so they can identify the gaps um, in their organization's preparedness. And then we'll come back a year later, six months, depending on the level of maturity of the business and test them again and see if they've learned, you know, from the last scenario and uh, shoring up the glass, the gaps, close the gaps. And, you know, and often in those six months, they might have had a near miss. Threat landscape will have changed. Mm-hmm. Orders and acquisitions. They've yeah. got blind spots now with supply chain and third parties and all this kind of stuff. So again, they're constantly changing. So we like to come in and in a, in a very short period of time um, assist the CISO um, in his job in the cyber preparedness, cyber readiness. So um, who are the stakeholders that you work with when it comes to the preparation phase? So you mentioned the CIO, the CISO, but... I'm I'm trying to picture which are the teams that get involved, or is it just who is in the room basically? So there is the prep and the delivery. Mm -hmm. Uh, The preparation. uh, This is really a small team because we don't want to spoil anything. Because you know, if the participants come to the session by knowing what's coming, I mean, it's cheating. You know, in real life, the attackers are going to say Mm -hmm. hello. You got a rendezvous with your crisis in two days. No way. This, you know? this ransomware is popping up. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. Like, you know, countdown or whatever. And this is the attack chain. And no, you never know that. So, um, so we, we, we try not to spoil it by implicating as few people as possible, but also the people which have the ranks, the, the, mm-hmm. the rank, you know, to mobilize the C suite. And so this is why we talk a lot about uh, CISO and CIO. Sometimes we have CRO as well for the risk officer. Uh, I'm working on a training with Steven on uh, where uh, BCP manager is also included, business continuity. Uh, But roughly this is maximum two to three person from the client, uh, which is, let's say, in the secret of what we're going to do. They are also the one which are to to build that. And maybe Steven, you can can complete what I say with by by explaining who is in the room when we deliver uh, those, those trainings. Yeah, so in the room, we try, we ask for, and uh, it's not always possible to achieve it with um, mm-hmm. uh, the C-level's availabilities, but it's we, we like all the, the stakeholders to be present. CFO, CMO, uh, compliance, risk, uh, business continuity, as you mentioned, these kind of internal stakeholders, they have a big job. Communications, obviously, PR comms, um, 
Comms is a thing that comes up all the time. That that's the questions that people ask, and the blind spots and the uh, lack of preparedness there. You know, um, comms because you you want to know as an organization how to communicate yeah, externally so and internally. Absolutely. Like for yeah. example, um, my background uh, is in television. Um, mm -hmm. I spent fifteen years in TV before rejoining the family business, which is security. Um, and I first came face to face with a nation state attack when I was at Sony Pictures mm -hmm. and the chaos that reigned throughout that nation state <laughs> attack. We had to go external to find out what was going on, right? We had to Google what was happening to our own firm, right? So this kind of stuff, um, I was able to experience firsthand, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you need to be on a front foot when it comes to comps, right? Um, cause you need to keep staff on board. Morale needs to be maintained, right? Yeah get through a crisis like this and that's like you know general workforce all the way up um and like you know internal messages sebastian always says quickly becomes an external message nothing <laughs> internal is internal for long yeah you know the crisis comes needs to be linked to your incident response plan these things need to be mapped right together um so that pops up so everybody needs to be in the same page because when someone takes a microphone uh in a sea level space you know when you're exiting the building during a crisis um they need to know what to say that mm -hmm. phone can ring at any time you never know who's on the other end of it um so you know people need to know um what's going on to be able to take it you know a quick uh temperature test of the environment they're in the situation they're in and um, the the level of response at that time you know so um these things become really really vital so getting everybody on board, um, all the stakeholders, because these different, you know, pillars in the business mm -hmm. can have silos in the business. And you might be completely ignorant of what your CFO's, you know, uh, crown jewels are. You know, each and every pillar has their own risk quant, right? Their own mm -hmm. kind of precious cargo that they're trying to protect, right? And um, so you want to be able to work together with these people and to know who they are. Sometimes they don't even know who they are, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, or who their delegates are in a crisis as well, you know, uh, John CFO might be on holiday in Bermuda. Who do I call when the, you know, the crisis hits, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, when he's unavailable. So these things become vitally important, you know. So, and having these, these existing relationships and having it drill makes it easier on the day when crisis attacks. Like, okay, mm -hmm. cool. I know this person. I've worked with this person. I've drilled with this person. He knows what to do when I call him, right? So, you know, all that stuff becomes muscle memory. You don't have to worry about it. Um too much you know you, you act you know as yeah. Sebastian says it's about doing um not uh thinking during these crises so we mentioned like cfo cmo you mentioned the risk officer we mentioned uh communications pr yeah. probably also um yeah. anything else that we need to think any other function that we need to think of well so usually we have between 12 to maximum 20 people mm -hmm. uh so big, you, you... big groups yeah, big groups, uh, not too big, but not too not too small, mm -hmm. uh, because there, there, there are there are a lot of things to be handled on a legal perspective, on an HR perspective, on a comms, internal, external, PR, risk, uh, legal, I said, CEO for sure, uh, comms, we said it. Uh, so 12 to 20 is what we have. That's mm -hmm. average, okay? Uh, less you miss some people, 
mm -hmm. uh, that are critical to face uh, the different angles on each situations we make them live, more you don't you're not realistic. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes we add um, sometimes we kind of funny things. You know, we have uh, we, we we target the C-suite. You know, the decision unit of the of the of the of the crisis. Okay, uh, but sometimes we have board on there to see what what the executives are doing. Um, that is also very interesting to see how they operate between them, you know, the execs slash the board members. It's it's a different relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we have board members from really special place in the world, honestly, uh, with ranks which are huge. And so you, you have also have to adapt to this kind mm -hmm. of population, which is which is another type of population. And sometimes we and, and I, uh, we had once a uh, German customer, uh, we had once their uh, professional negotiators in the room mm -hmm. with us. Uh, so wow. it's really uh, so when we ask you know the CEO what how many times per year do you get ransom to have uh, those <laughs> retainer people negotiators you know like you know like uh, Denzel Washington guys you know like the negotiating the, the ransom these kind of people he said way too much so yeah. I said okay so that's not said, good that's not good I mean is because they have those people on retainer and so they wanted all the CEO also wanted to have them in the training in the drill. That's the what was the word that Steven said drill. That's really a drill, like a fire drill, but a cyber drill here. Mm -hmm. And 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 so it comes to a group of maximum twenty because when you add those kind of population, uh, in the U.S. I know a former colleague of us, which is which is now retired, uh, he had brought two real FBI agents in the training because of his nice. special network. You know, like yeah, you want to play authorities? Yeah, let's bring the real people. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, that's why we get to, to maximum twenty people. Mm -hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> or the bringing the board members in is great, right? Because, um, you know, you'll have a, the dynamic in the room changes immediately. Like, you'll, you'll see like the, the CEO being a CEO. And then when he realizes that the board have remoted in and are now observing the simulation exercise and they want to see where they've spent their money and if they've hired the right people. So it's, um, you know, and that speaks a lot, you know, mm -hmm. to the fact that um, organizations take it that seriously right um and when we have uh, people say oh so and so is only available for the first 20 minutes sebastian you know you know exactly what i'm going to say here right and then we then we see them stick around for the three hours right so we know that we're doing a great job live mm -hmm. on during the simulation when we're getting um you know the ceo of you know fortune 500 companies who said they can only commit to the first 15 minutes um uh, but then they stick around for the three hours and get involved and participate, you know, and become, you know, um, antagonists uh, as well, which is fantastic, you know. You know what? It made me think about something else. And honestly, uh, Stephen and I, we can write a book about it, honestly, because uh, we do that so much. But um, we, we cannot fail because... Uh, that's an interesting uh, statement. Can you elaborate on that? Because that, that's a harsh quote. We cannot yeah, fail. We cannot, because first, uh, this is thanks to the CISO and the CIO that we are promoted to face uh, the C-suite. So first, a uh, high level of pressure on our shoulders because uh, this is on us to do a fantastic job. I can tell you that the grades they gave us are fantastic. So yeah, but in, in any case, we, we, we have to be 100% all the time. Because if we fail, then we go as instructors and we may not never come if we fail, but the CISO and the CIO, they stay. So, and as we, we are here because of them or thanks to them, we have to be 100% fully operational. We cannot fail. And yeah. when you add to the picture board members, 
then he comes to a second level of pressure on your shoulders because the CEO is going to look at you as, okay, you have to make me look good because now the board members are here. So this is why we prepare so much. I mean, there's a lot, lot, lot of preparation uh, for those uh, two hours and a half, three mm -hmm. hours training. This is a lot of preparation because everything counts. Every yeah. detail needs to be precise. We cannot anticipate everything, okay? It's like real training, but I mean, this, this is why we prepare so much. So what exactly happens during crisis management preparation? Yeah. What does it entail <laughs> during those two during and a half hours when you guys are oh, talking? Okay. What are you talking about? What are you doing? So, so uh, first, you, you, we need to picture that the first question we ask to our sponsors, which are CIOs and CISOs, is, is uh, we, you, can, you can put it two different ways. Where are your key risks? Okay. Mm -hmm. Or where do you want the money to be in, in the next month? Which is basically the same thing because <laughs> their goal is to protect the others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, depending on the priorities and maturity and the exposure of the company, it will be different company per company. But anyway, uh, in, in any case, we know where their, their business can go to the ground. Mm -hmm. And we have to make them train on that worst case scenario. So it's, it's always a worst case scenario, snowball effect, plausible situation that we make them live. And for clarity, that is custom right that is for every organization yeah. difference every organization is different so yes there are some similarities between different organizations yes sure uh but but when you look at the details everything is fully custom it's like haute couture you know it's like really you do things custom because you want to serve your customer that's that's what we do and mm -hmm. so i'm gonna let i'm gonna let steven explain what we do in the training if, if steve if you want to if you want to jump in uh yeah so, you know, most of this stuff, right, is taken from the military, right? Mm -hmm. Started off there. You know, the the origins are, are from the military. So we, talk, I, I mentioned at the top of the, of the Why? about the boom concept, right? Mm -hmm. And this this was a concept taken from the military, right? And um, and it's that moment where you've lost control. That's after the first explosion, right? Literally, boom. Okay, and mm -hmm. people are scattered, and chaos reigns. That's what we do, right? So in the first inject, the first plot device in our scenario is a very large grenade, right? And it sends people <laughs> scattering to the four corners in panic. So we want to see from that point on what they've got, right? How well they know their playbooks, how well they know their internal processes and procedures, how well they know their own um, crisis metrics, etc. right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're doing. We're testing them on their own criteria, on their own processes and procedures, okay? Because as Sebastian said, we design a custom simulation to fit their business, right? And now we might be privy, uh, mm -hmm. depending on the client sponsorship and, and how, uh, and the level of maturity to their crisis management playbooks, to their incident response uh, playbooks. And we know what their next move should be, right? So we've designed it um to test them on mm -hmm. this uh, yes we bring um best practices and you know uh various you know uh standards um from 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 the world of security into in into this but um we're there to test them on their own business and how well they, they cope uh under pressure um based on 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 these attack scenarios and um you know sebastian said like you know, it's a worst case scenario. These scenarios never end well, 
like everybody dies nobody gets out of the building like when we when we leave that's the that the the it's in a nosedive right and we and we we get to go okay good the simulation is over now mm -hmm. uh, and it's up to you to pull this out of the nosedive and save save the save the aircraft and everybody on board uh we do do this for aviation as well the aviation industry so that's an actual literal kind of uh example so but that that's the idea um mm -hmm. the idea is to kind of scare people into action and to see if they can remember uh what to do under extreme pressure just out of bring, curiosity bringing, how... bringing externals in is vital here as well i've just yeah. thought about this as well so lately you know Sebastian and I do a lot of business development and, um, you know, there are some companies that are very, very sophisticated, uh, quite mature. They like to do this stuff internally. No one takes this stuff as seriously internally, right? Um, that was actually my question here, because yeah. how do you make sure that people are actually like properly stressed, proper, properly involved also? Because yeah. most people will have the opinion like, OK, this is just a tabletop exercise or oh, this is just a simulation. It's not that bad. Before Sebastian answers this question, I'm going to say, Sebastian, you can't give away our tricks, right? <laughs> secret recipe. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Don't. you can't give away the secret recipe. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's really, the, the, there are two things. First, uh, three things. We never add any C-level uh, people leaving the room or taking the phone or mm -hmm. the, the, the iPad or whatever. These guys are really busy people. I mean, uh, yeah. to, to, to assemble these guys, sometimes this is like two or three, four, six months in advance, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, really busy people. They never get out of it. Never. Okay. Uh, so second, containers within the room. Yeah. And also because of the way we do things. I mean, uh, because they, they can get bored. Okay, they can say, okay, I, I don't, I don't, it's not realistic. Uh, the instructor and the team behind is not putting me into some pressure. We never add that ever. And trust me, these guys, some, some people are public persons, you know. So, so I will not say anything about a secret recipe because otherwise Stephen is going to punish me. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, but definitely it seems to be working. Uh, I said three and then I'm speaking and I forget what, what, what I want to say. The, 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 at least the second is like, you know, um, uh, I'm going to give you a, a personal experience, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I, I have kids, mm -hmm. and I tried to teach skiing with my son, okay, to my son. And trust me, I have a really good level in skiing, really. Uh, I get jumped, uh, I jump from helicopters in ski, so I, I, mm -hmm. I really love it, you know. What I'm saying is that every parent can understand that, that um, I tried to teach my son how to ski. And so I said some words, I showed him some techniques, but you know what, Did it, never listened. So I said, okay, I will, I will pay some courses with a teacher's professional skiing teacher. And you know what, the guy said the same things as I said, and the same tech, he showed the same techniques as I, as I did. And I said, so with an external party, it's not, wor it's working. And with me, it's not, it, it, it is not, why? Right. Here it's the same, you know, when they bring <laughs> us as experts, uh, to do that, it's like that. It's it is it is that psychological effect. It's it's the skiing teacher effect, you know. And you know what? We are all built like that. Uh, whatever you are, a CEO or a parent with a child, it's exactly the same. So there is another thing that that we bring to the table is benchmarking. Mm -hmm. So we never compare them officially to from one to 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 another, but they always ask us, you know, in different moments of the training of the, of the drill. Uh, are we good? Are we on, on, on the right track? Are, uh, okay, this is a journey, but where we are compared to others, 
And because we do that from, uh, from a company to another company, different sectors of activity, we have the ability to naturally benchmark or compare them uh, on the fly when they ask for it. And the, which is not possible if they would use internal people to do mm -hmm. so. Logical. Yeah. So that's also why they, they, they like it. All right, good answers. <laughs> something, something that struck me was when Steven said that you guys scare the people in the room. Um, do the scare tactics really work now that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, so, they're trying to move away, at least from a security perspective. That's true. They're trying to move away. Fear, from, uncertainty, doubts. Yeah. But, Scaring people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start answering that question. Uh, we all know that scaring people is not working. It can create, you know, the, uh, we, we said it was sparkle. Yeah, sparkle in English. Uh, to light the fuel. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, spark. 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 Yeah, uh, sparkling water. Yeah, that's, that's my French talking anyway. Uh, okay, so sparks. Okay, all right. That's, that's really to, 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 to launch the engine. Mm -hmm. it, it's working for that, but if you if you remain on a position on a posture which is all about fear, it's not working. We all know that, I and mean, we've been in security for how long? I've been in security for fifteen years, physical and cyber. So I mean, I know that. Um, the reason why people train is because they know it's out there. Mm -hmm. It's because they want to be ready in case. And you know, uh, it's not about if it's a matter of when. Everybody knows that. Every every CEO opens newspapers. I mean, it's like business as usual today. But if, if we stay on that, on that posture, it's nonsense. It's not working, it's engaging, okay? And we wanna engage them into a journey for more uh, security, but also for more intelligent security, okay? And to, uh, security as the ally of business transformation. Security as the way for them to optimize and to get the return on investment on their uh, digital journey, you know? This is all about that. So this is also, this is scaring people and making them sweat, but this is also on a positive way. Okay. This is also learning moments. It's like, you know, uh, I'm a person in life, I'm a combat instructor. And so my, my students, when they come to fight, and trust me, we go, we go hard on testing if it's real, you know, if it's working. But anyway, uh, this is because they know it's out there and they mm -hmm. want to train in the knowledge that um, will be um, handled by an instructor, which is positive, okay, which is to make them learn, to make them grow. To make them better and which is not going to play easy on them otherwise this is false sense of security yes but this is also a learning moment when we do these drills this is not, not this is not at all around you're bad you're bad you're bad not at all this is around this is how you react naturally this is what your muscle memory level is this is where this is how you could go to the next level and so we give them tips we give them best practices we make them work together so that they can learn and grow so that's really the yeah, the positive mindset of security and you know the, the negative mindset of security is not working at all we all know that so you have to say you know a lie positive uh this is how you can secure your business how can you can make more money it's all about that in the end you know? yeah i mean we do say at the very top you know of these simulations that um you know it's our objective to equip you in these three hours to better handle a crisis right um, and what we do is we take them through this scary simulation by mm -hmm. showing them just the showing them what could happen, what did happen to a company, just like yours down the road, right? Maybe a neighbor in this industrial estate, right? And you're you you guys are we don't want that. That's maybe that's why you've invited us in. 
we don't mm -hmm. want what happened to our neighbors happening to us right yeah. so we showed them what that would look like for them and that's scary in itself that's what i mean by terrorizing them this is how it would look for you with your new with your name in a newspaper with uh, your ceo on tv with your guys facing um the avalanche of tasks after the boom moment that and that that alone is scary are you ready for that that's a scary thought and then what we do then is we use what we call injects these plot points in the three hour sim um as learning moments teachable you know teaching moments training in in the training session and um, these are kind of these have their own shape so there's uh they're 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 further grenades after that first one that create the chaos and kind of send everybody running for the hills um but what we do is we we show them um we equip them at the end of each inject right with best practices mm -hmm. with um what we call um sebastian and i have, have different names for them in our in our simulations um i call them like uh top line actions uh and these are things kind of like pocket playbooks but more mm -hmm. like one visual image that okay cool if i can do this 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 and this i can maybe mitigate disaster in the next moment right because it's about like this spiraling out of control and that's and how rapidly it can happen so we want to show them at every in at, that, that they have procedures and playbooks in place to stop this unraveling further right mm -hmm. um and sometimes these procedures and playbooks they're gathering dust on the shelf behind them they don't even know that it's there never so never yeah. So by bringing us in, you know, <laughs> so by bringing us in, they might have gone. Let me just grab that down off the shelf, you know, and uh, had a little look at what they're supposed to do. Under in yeah. So what we do is we in every inject and everything we equip them. So we we kind of um, it, you know, it's a push me pull you type situation, you know, um, where we 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 frighten them, uh, we reassure them, we show them that they're ready, and then we go, okay, cool. So next time this happens, you know, you'll be. You'll be, uh, it's it's all there, as, as Sebastian says, muscle memory and um, reflexively you'll, you'll know what to do and there won't be panic, you know. Um, that's what we're trying to do, reduce the panic, reduce the, the, the um, a chaotic response to a, to a chaotic situation. So we've already touched upon a few anecdotes, we touched upon what happens during an actual session, so maybe it's also good to just like discuss a few of the challenges that you can face. Because for example, you already mentioned time constraints. The people that you have in the room are busy, usually uh, important people. So that's a constraint or that's a challenge. Um, anything else that you can think of? So time, yes. Uh, we have techniques to put time uh, as, uh, let's say we say, you know, time is not on your side. So there are some techniques in the, in the drill itself so that we make sure we stick on timing and so that they can understand that, that time is not on their side. Uh, challenges, uh, honestly, um, honestly, uh, the more, uh, the more immersive the room we are in is the more immersive the, 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 um, the, the moment becomes as well. So I talk about logistic, uh, here, uh, at the beginning we were, uh, kind of struggling into, uh, I mean, two years ago into, into, you know, adapting what they see when they come to our facility, to their facility, because we run these sessions at IBM site. At the client site, at whatever site, <laughs> we've done done things, some things mm -hmm. in, in some hotels, you know. Anyway, uh, and we, yeah, why not? I mean, you know, yeah. C-suite people, you, uh, sometimes they go, you know, off, off, the, off the, 
Yeah. How do you say that in English? Retreat? Retreats, yeah. Yeah, it's like that, you know. So you're invited to that and then they use you for three hours into a really nice hotel, into a nice neighborhood. No it's not their place. There, right? <laughs> what? No complaints there. <laughs> no complaints at all. Sometimes I mean, it's it's a different world as well. You know, we had uh, a C suite taking their private jet just to train with us. So they didn't okay. they, they they came to us like lending, quick lunch, training three hours. Taxi, private jet, go back. I said, wow, that's huge. These <laughs> that's are the dedication. kind of people. Yeah, yeah it's education. And that's also a different world. Okay, when you speak to these people, you have to adapt to them as well. So uh, logistic is clearly one. Uh, but you know what? In the end, uh, we, we managed to replicate the, uh, as maximum. We even done that in virtual. I mean, almost 20% of the drill we run is in virtual because mm -hmm. we have some companies which are pretty mature which are saying, um, you know what, in reality, what are the odds we are all together in the same room? Exactly. Yeah. Not at all. So we need to train like we fight. And train like we fight is also in the way we take decisions. So um, when I was hired um, by IBM, it was to bring this immersion, this immersive experience to the next level in a virtual or hybrid delivery, right? Bringing my um skill set from the tv background mm -hmm. um because it's easy like when you take someone in to an ibm site they're already off their center mm -hmm. okay how do you bring the same level of intensity to the deliveries right when they're comfortable in their own boardroom right? it becomes difficult yeah yeah so Sebastian and I have brought in my TV directing experience, my cyber expertise, my engineering background, Sebastian's close combat instruction, his 15 years in physical security, now a cyber expert. So with these his close combat and my TV stuff, we've got a kind of a great um, a complimentary set of uh, skills that can kind of bring um any level of intensity that's required to mm -hmm. these deliveries whether it be uh, on site with the client on site at ibm or a hybrid model recently i did a poll on linkedin asking how did the CISOs want to train their c-levels mm -hmm. um because you know we talk about mimicking the business reality as sebastian was saying and you know when disaster strikes they're not it's not going to be the day they're all on a retreat somewhere of course not. right you know um in a blissed out zen state right haven't had a foot rub right it's it's going to be on the worst day possible right because usually before christmas yeah because that's when yeah the, 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 the thing that people are kind of sunday it is it isn't random anymore right it isn't random when these attacks happen you know like because the sophistication of the sponsor of the attack right so the motives behind these attacks it might be geopolitical they might have found a back door and they state have found a back door themselves and they then might subcontract out the attack to a cyber criminal group mm -hmm. right who then are a legitimate business and are very well organized and very sophisticated and they will have their own processes and procedures their own playbooks in place and they will be executing according to that timeline to cause a maximum destruction and maximum chaos right at the right moment mm -hmm. they've timed their charges to detonate when it will cause the most chaos right so when i did the the poll i wanted to confirm what myself and sebastian were seeing on the ground over the last 18 months was that 
people want this hybrid delivery because with the, 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 these you know multinational firms, these global firms, they're 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 going to be in the four corners you know of planet Earth right when the attack yeah. is, and they will need to be able to remote into a remote war room um, to engage and uh, as a crisis management delegate uh, and manage the the response. So what we do is we design our um, obviously um, we design our scenarios to try I push for this now I push look if you want this to be real if you want to train sophisticatedly if you want to do this mm -hmm. you know if you want to train like you're going to face the fight then you need to do it in a hybrid model okay yeah. so you know you might get a bunch of you guys happen to have an office in the UK in London together and you can all make it into to that war room great but the rest of the guys are scattered they need to remote in so we do we, we deliver it in that in that model for those reasons yeah, and going back also to one of Faith's question, uh, there is one thing Stephen says all the time, is like, you, you get from it what you put in it. <laughs> and th th this is also what we do as instructors. Wh wh when Stephen leads or when I lead, uh, basically we all do the same. You know, some people may not be in the right mood at the right moment in the drill. Yeah. I don't know why, but you know, we all have our lives, you know, and they have their lives as well. And then there's stress and their constraints and all of it. So this is also on, on us as good coaches or teachers or you, know, you name us. Some, some people call us facilitators, you know. Uh, I like instructor because of my background, but um, I have to say I, I love instructor a lot. But this is also a way to have those social skills, those soft skills to bring everybody in. Because these guys, honestly, women and men, they have egos like that. Mm. And for sure, because they are, they are on, on the top of huge companies. What are we compared to them? We are small, guy, we are small people compared to these people. The thing <laughs> is, for three hours, they are in our playground. So now... Uh, now we fair are the masters, but, but that's fair <laughs> enough. But don't, no, the, all those soft skills that you have them or you don't have them, but this is bringing people in it, making them comfortable. Uh, there's no judgment. It's not recorded. This is just to grow, to train. Mm -hmm. That's the spirit. So this is also a way for us to, let's say, to avoid having, I, I don't know, COO on the side or CHRO on the side, not implicated. And the thing is, we, we never add it, so and I fingers crossed we we don't have it at all. But uh, we never add that really. So it seems that the way we do this mm -hmm. is is working. Yeah. And as Sebastian was saying, you know, like that. So we're we're a global team. We deliver mm -hmm. it globally, and every country is different. Uh, culturally, we have to be attentive. Uh, we have to be able to like I do a lot of work in Mia. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very different. Um, client to our American clients. So when you deliver in these kind of uh, boardrooms, it's me, 15 people, mm -hmm. American people get on board. They've seen a version of this on TV or something and they want to get involved. They all want to be the lead character. They all want to, you know, dominate, <laughs> execute, lead. They, you know, you know, it's great. Like the part mm -hmm. the engagement level is phenomenal. I don't, it doesn't take the same level of, um, uh, energy for me uh, to get to fire them up right but in other boardrooms in other geos where they're far more reserved they're far more conservative they may not you know they're just more reticent right to get involved yeah. that 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 draws on sebastian's skill set is close combat my directing how i used to work with on-air talent how i used to work with a tv crew all this kind of stuff that i draw upon from my own personal experience um and we get that engagement, right? So they might sit there and go, I'm not getting involved. 
you know. <laughs> no way. But you know, 15, 20 minutes in, they're in it. They've rolled up their sleeves. They're taking their jacket off, <laughs> right? They're like, I got this. Suddenly they're mm-hmm. stepping, they're, 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 they're stepping up to the plate. And um, that's great. So we get to see like during the immersion, how successful the immersion is and how it's going. And because like we're taking direction either via an earpiece with the back of house crew or on a Slack channel or mm-hmm. however it is, like, you know, these things are fully gamified. So we have to be able to shift um with the experience and if it's if it, if the engagement level is not great then we need you know we need to to step it up and so there'll be an outside you know um there'll be someone you know in the gallery to use a tv ex- uh, expression who say okay cool i think we need to do this thing we need to do this um let's go harder here let's go softer here whatever it is you know we we need to be um it's a very dynamic all the deliveries are dynamic you know it's true up. It might be designed before we go into the room, mm-hmm. but what happens in the room changes depending on the level of engagement in the room and, and how and how they respond. Right. Yeah. So, so- it's, it's, it's like uh, I remember this time when I was uh, I was supporting you, Stephen. You were you were leading you was you were leading that 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 session, and you were, I, I was I was running a gamified uh, live immersion on the phone with one of the participants, and that guy he said to me on Slack, "Push harder." And I said, okay, fire. So, I mean, because he felt that with that person <laughs> on that moment, on that situation, I could push the limit uh, a, little, a little further. And, and, I, and that was the, the right move. So, you, and you cannot anticipate that. You mm-hmm. feel it or you don't feel it. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, sorry, Faith. No, 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 I'm gonna go to the, to the next topic. Yeah, same. So, um, also considering the time a little bit because we're having a wonderful conversation, but we also need to be a little bit conscious of time. Um, maybe because we already touched upon it slightly, um, what do you need to have or what do you need to know if you want to work in this field, if you want to work in crisis preparation, crisis management wow. preparation? So I had the question from a 32-year-old years old guy, no longer than last week when I was ending a conference in France. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, I love it. It was so cool to do that job. Uh, can you explain to me where you come from? And so, uh, and how do I get it, basically? Mm-hmm. And so uh, two things. There, there, are, there are two kinds of preparation, technical preparation and business preparation. We mm-hmm. are, Stephen and I, we are in a business preparation. So I, I cannot only speak about business preparation. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you, you've seen that uh, Stephen comes from uh, TV. I mm-hmm. come from physical uh, security. Uh, we we regrouped. Uh, I mean, my my side, my side has been like since 2017. I, I am I, I joined cyber. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Stephen, this is uh, this is family business. And mm-hmm. so and 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 so basically, uh, there is there. I don't know how to translate that, but there is a, a, a quote in French which is saying a sheep with five legs. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to translate that, honestly, mm-hmm. but this is to represent the fact that um, to do what we do, you need to be, uh, you, you need to be expert on, 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 comple- on complementary uh, skills. I hate, honestly, and I love the word hating on this word, you know, Swiss Army Knife. Mm-hmm. We are not Swiss Army Knife because we're going to do everything we want, but we are really good at what we're doing. And to do really good what we do, we need soft skills and all skills uh, to be able to run these sessions. So yes, we need to know cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to know the business impact. 
we need to translate uh, cyber uh, risk management into business words. We have mm -hmm. to know how to handle a group of large ego people. We have to know how to uh, speak on behalf of uh, top uh, managers, which are CIOs mm -hmm. and CISOs. Uh, we have to, uh, when Steven says direct, this is really direct like in TV, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's this kind of plays as well. Uh, it's, it's, and, 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 there, and then there is all your personal touch that you can, you can not just, you're, I mean, Steven has his style, I have my style, and this is really funny to see that both are working, even if we're not the same. Mm -hmm. And this is also really interpersonal communication which comes into play. So you see that to do one thing, which is basically build, deliver, and uh, defend some recommendations on how to enhance the, uh, the, the cyber defenses of one company, and basically to help the CISO and the CIO to get the right money to, to do their protection business. Uh, you need to have different skills. Mm -hmm. We come from different world. We are all on the same passion, on the same track, on making people better, building that muscle memory into very smart people, which are getting what we say in a second. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the, good th the good news is, is uh, you don't have to necessarily come from the technical side of security mm -hmm. to train business people on security. It's better to have some, some skills. Yeah, but th these are not the only skills you need to have. And mm -hmm. this is, there was a long answer for a short question, but, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, yeah. No, but as Sebastian's right, like neither of neither Sebastian or I are, are you know digital forensic analyst analysts. We're we're not. That's not our background. Mm -hmm. But we work with them all the time and for them, with them to deliver these exercises, right? Um, uh, we've got um, you know, at X Force, uh, PhD holders in the cyberspace. We've got uh, you know, people from you know all the 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 big sexy three letter you know U.S. Uh, government agencies you know who who have uh, this type of mm -hmm. uh, threat intel expertise for example right um, as well as patent holders in this space and all that, and all that kind of stuff so there's you know deep deep um, uh, technical skills you know um, in IBM X Force right that we draw upon for these build outs right for mm -hmm. these scenarios and for these injects and one of the offerings that we do have at the cyber range is the cyber war game and that is technical experience right we do run um a business response as well where uh we sebastian calls it the the, the fully muscled version where we run and, it, and it's the closest thing to to a real life sim mm -hmm. uh, because you know you have in parallel and together you've got your CISO and below taking care of the technical response to a cyber crisis attack. And then you've got the rest of the C levels dealing with the enterprise level response. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they run in parallel uh, for three to four hours uh, through this, this, this attack chain scenario that we've developed for them. Right. And these, these, these teams regroup every mm -hmm. hour, update each other on, on, on um, the, the, this, the current threat uh, spread and uh, what they're doing about it and what the uh, both sides of this um, sword need to do uh, to to be successful in conquering uh, the the attack. So, yeah, technical expertise is great. But um, Sebastian and I were both hired to do this stuff because of our front mm -hmm. of house skill set. Right. So you yeah. have to be able to whatever background you come from, you have to be able to own it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I'll give an example there. Um, some of the CEOs will like to challenge you on the spot, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you're a, you're an, you're an expert. Mm -hmm. You're here to tell me what to do, right? So um, we had a last minute change um, for um, for a delivery in uh, 
2022. Paris? Uh, you're, you're thinking, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you, you know, this this guy was great. He was great, but it didn't start off great, right? Uh, um, I'm doing my opening monologue, if you will, right? I'm saying, mm -hmm. hello, everybody. Welcome to today's disaster scenario, right? And this is what we're going to do here. And I'm X, Y, and Z. And, <clears throat> and then he goes, hey, 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 whoa, 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 stop. Stop. Wow. Yeah. What's the point? Right? Oh, my. <laughs> in, in these words. Of my time. Like yeah. that. Yeah. What's the point of all of this, right? Uh, shouldn't we all just accept that in this type of, uh, in this day and age, this type of scenario, we just pay and move on, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> CEO said that. Yeah, right? Wow. And I remember when I interviewed for my job, right? One of the, um, I think the, yeah, one of the, one of the instructors at the cyber range said to me, uh, Stephen, how do you think you're going to handle uh, curveballs? right and uh you know the show must go on kind of mentality right and i said um i don't know i mean i've worked in live television for 15 years um you know i've had to roll with the punches i've had to deal with you know mm -hmm. technical disasters like mm -hmm. and things not working and vt not running and having to switch and you know whatever uh all sorts of technical malfunctions on air right and and, and the show has had to continue because mm -hmm. it's live on air everybody's mm -hmm. watching right and there's loads of money in, in, involved in, in in these broadcasts etc right so i said i don't know I, I think i'll be fine and i was tested in paris man so uh, <laughs> because he's got you know this your your white you know that was a great engagement i mean this 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 delivery turned out to be really really good right it turned out to be one of my favorites um but yeah he tested me on the spot and i said um yeah, okay. Uh, great question. I said, when I uh, went to Brazil two years ago, I was told to carry two wallets, one for me and one for the thieves, because the idea was that I would survive the mm -hmm. attack. If you want mm -hmm. to survive the attack, you better be prepared. You better have two wallets. It's about being resilient, right? <laughs> I told him that, you know, cyber resilience was business resilience and this kind of stuff. So that was my comeback. And then he went, and he went, okay, cool. He knew that he was in, he got, he got it. Right. It was about surviving the attack, not being wiped out. And um, so, yeah, you will be challenged. And I think we're at whatever your background is, whether it's technical or not, you mm -hmm. just have to be able to own your level of expertise. And, and, and um, yeah, and the fact that you're there to do a job and that you're qualified to do it. Like, funny. That's, you know what? We have a lot of anecdotes like that because uh, in the end, you deal with human beings yeah. and very smart, very talented human beings. I remember I was in North America uh, in early March and uh, at the end, you know, at the end, it says, oh, that was very good. And people are standing up, shake your hand. And some people stay to discuss and all these things, you know, like after a nice meeting or like a team building, you know, and I was like, and something happened, the COO. I went to the CIO. I was just packing my stuff, you know, and uh, and I heard him say to, to 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 the other guy, "Oh, that was much more interesting than your technical training you made us do usually." I said, <laughs> "Did I hear that? <laughs> really?" Yes. <laughs> Sometimes oh. you have, you have stuff like that, you know, and so. Uh, no, Sebastian. What he what he said was that was better than your usual boring. Uh, oh, yeah. Come on. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah, he said. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. But yeah, I was being polite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So hopefully, think, hopefully no one recognizes himself or herself in that quote. No, no, no. North America is a big place. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. So, I guess I'm curious because, um, you know, you guys deal a lot with the C-suite. Are, are we talking egos, like a lot of egos most of the times, or is it, is it just an outlier sometimes? So what's great, right, is, um, you know, you talk about like, a, how do you recreate uh, the intensity of a, of a real life simulation? You put all these egos in front of each other and they want to perform well, right? Mm -hmm. So, so they're doing half, their egos are doing half the battle for us. Right? So I like working with that. It's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. so, and um, yeah, so that so that that's actually a uh, you know this secret sauce that Sebastian was um, trying his best not to talk. There there are things self evident in the room that help us do our job, and a big ego is a great asset for us. Yeah, I have one another anecdote like that. It was one of my first trainings. Uh, you know, uh, seven a.m. Uh, 23rd floor uh, above the clouds. You know, nice city in Europe, and uh, basically. Uh, we were there because the CEO, the former CEO said to the next CEO, when, when you will be taking my place, go and train with these people. Mm -hmm. So she asked for us to come. The CEO mm -hmm. asked for us to come, you know? So, so the, CEO, the CEO didn't really have a choice to, to hire us again, you know, <laughs> because, uh, because she said, I want these guys. And mm -hmm. so I, that, was, that was really good for us, okay? And when you are in this room, with this level of people and with the CEO totally engaged, their ego also jumps into play because when the boss is in, is in the game, <laughs> they need everybody to needs well. to be in the, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that, that's a lot of that as well. That one was, I mean, really at the end, she said, that was really American style. And we said, that's good. And she said, yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. We give, we give them all like uh, opportunities to shine. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that's great, too. And like, so, you know, it might look um, scary at first glance, but when they take the first step, they know they can take the next step. And, and then before they know it, they're in the clear and they've led the rest of the team out. Right. And that's just great. And then that just builds morale, confidence. Everybody gets on board, you know. So, you know, this type of um, work is they're they're fired up when they're when when they're leaving. I mean, the. Mm -hmm. The um, you know, Sebastian and I, you know, it's usually an annual health check, right? And um, you know, I talk about um, you know, uh, these uh, CEOs, you know, oftentimes are required to do uh, an annual physical, right? You know, to, mm -hmm. to do the job. And I say that you know, our physical exam is less invasive but as important, right? And yeah. uh, there's like, it's it's absolutely vital. And we come in at six months or twelve months. And some of them don't want to wait the 12 months, right? They're fired up. They want to come back in six months because they can see the progress that they're making mm -hmm. and they want to come back sooner. Um, because the, because that they're inspired, right? Um, by the size of the task, but all, but also um, how well they've done, mm -hmm. right? They think, okay, cool, we can get it over the line quicker, you know? Um, if you can keep us on track, we can mm -hmm. get it over the line quicker. Yeah, so... I think know, what, what's funny in the quicker Sorry. is that they never get quicker in the end because we muscle the version uh, training after training because otherwise it's, it becomes too easy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when your students uh, come from I don't know, the, uh, the blue belt to the brown belt, 
then you also have to increase the level of complexity. Otherwise, of it's course. too easy. Yeah. You know? So uh, it's like, you know, I have one of my really good friends in military and, and they do those, you know, those long walks with the packs, you know, like, and then the, there is that bus which is waiting for them every hour. And then and the instructor says, you know what, if you've managed to be there on time, you can go in the truck, in the bus, and you don't have to walk for the rest of, of the session. They never get to it. It's impossible. But that's the purpose of it. This is mm -hmm. to make them continue no matter what. They're going to continue. The harder it becomes, the better they get. <laughs> you don't do that. At, if you do that the first time, you just lose them. If you yeah. do that step after step, training after training, then this is what we call enhancing people. That's, yeah. that's, that's what we do. They never get into the bus. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I think, Stephen, you wanted to say something uh, before we wrap up? No, I was just, I was just thinking that's a good way to, to wrap it up, actually. You know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you so much, uh, Stephen and Sebastian. Th this was a very engaging conversation. Uh, I, I really loved it. Um, yeah. A lot from you. And um, you can own. tell that uh, Sebastian and I both love what we do, right? So that's which uh, is very important. Yeah. <laughs> you have a fun uh, job for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's sure. it's um I I sought it out when I heard it existed. You know, mm -hmm. I think Sebastian's story is the same. We saw the job, stalked it out, and went, yeah, you know. So this is it. That's a, that's a good um you know one final question. So if people are looking to um to get into this similar job. What are the titles? What are the roles? Mm, yeah. Wow. So uh, most of us are out there are called facilitators, cyber crisis facilitators. Uh, that's the polite word, or I say uh, to, to say it. Uh, they are coaches or instructors. We are we are a lot of coaching. As, uh, uh, that, that, that's clearly what we do. And uh, and so first search for it uh, in terms of uh, job roles, posting, mm -hmm. whatever. But also don't be afraid to go for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take my example. Uh, I come from the business side of cybersecurity. Okay, I've done a lot of things. Uh, in, I'm also a public speaker, uh, uh, published in the press. I'm, and, you know, I love to speak in public. I love it for so many years. But then I said, I want that job. Mm -hmm. It is. It looks cool. I want to do it. And so I took my phone and I called the guy in charge at, on the other side of the planet. And I said, Hey, Dan, <laughs> I want to be in your team. He said, Who the hell are you? I said, <laughs> Give me 30 minutes. I'm going to explain. You know what? Nice. I'm here. So don't be shy. Do it. So these jobs are usually um, situated within proactive services of an mm -hmm. incident response team. Yeah. Um, and um, it's kind of places the uh, cherry on top at the end of a year long roadmap of preparedness. Right. So uh, incident response proactive services team will take you through a series of tabletops, enable mm -hmm. your business, and then at the end, they will put you through your paces in a cyber crisis simulation, right? Yeah. And that myself and Sebastian would come in at the end. Uh, we, we won't have been involved in the in the tabletops, you know, this element of surprises, you know, is, is important. And, um, but some of the tabletops are business tabletops, we, we will get involved or whatever, but, you know, that that's not to say that we're, we're not part of um, the enablement before mm -hmm. the time we are. Um, but yeah, we'll come in there. So these roles are typically placed within an incident response team, part of the proactive services and the, the cyber readiness. Okay, that's a good addition. And, and usually uh, to, to search for it, this, these are consulting missions. 
So these are consulting firms like IBM Security is on, is on, services and is on the consulting side of IBM. If you look at uh, the guys we face as competitors, they are all consulting companies. So going back to your questions, uh, this is really uh, the, 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 the go-to companies to the you know, cyber consulting companies, which are some of them, because that's niche. You, you understand that we are we are not so many uh, to do that in the world. So, uh, mm -hmm. but these are these are the kind of consulting companies which are proposing uh, on paper these kind of things. I like to say on paper because we've done some win backing on some on some customers, and when we ask why did you come to us, they said, uh, well. You got a special touch, and I said, "What is it? What is it?" And the customer always saying, "Well, if I tell you, you will charge me more." So you will never know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it seems there there is something. But yeah, uh, these these jobs uh, exist. Some companies uh, they do that with consultants, which are doing different things. Some rare companies do that with specialist people like us. So mm -hmm. this is one key difference out there in the market, I think. Mm, okay. Okay. And with that, uh, we're really thankful. Uh, we hope that we will see you next time, have you mm -hmm. next time, uh, to discuss a different topic, perhaps, or the same topic. Um, but until then, um, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Been great to talk about it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.